0: 7.06. Get ready, guys. Big show on tap tonight. It's time for Iron Sports 95.9, the true oldies channel. Mike and Sean got you covered as well. Like I said, really big show on tap tonight. Our friend Mike Bauer, general manager of Roger Dean Stadium, will be joining us just about 7.20. And very good friend of the show, Mike Isolino, coach at Robert Morris. He's popping in around 7.40 to talk about the tournament bubble because we are in March and Everyone's thinking about March Madness. Um, this is this is Ira on Sports. Ira's not here today. There's a good reason for that. We'll catch up with him in just a second. Um, my voice is shot, though. I was at the Panthers game last night. I, I, yesterday afternoon. I don't know if anybody realizes how good this team is right now. I mean, I mean yeah, they, they've won seven of their last eight. They're killing it at home. They beat the Philadelphia Flyers, who... Since the beginning of 2018, best team in the league. This Florida Panthers team is making a serious run for a playoff spot. And once they get there, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. So exciting stuff happening in South Florida. There's always exciting stuff happening in Vegas. And Ira... That's why you're not here. You had a busy, busy weekend in Vegas.
1: Well, clearly an amazing week for me. Uh, Wednesday, I saw the Clipper-Rocket game, which I think we can talk about the James ama- mm. Harden play on Wesley Johnson. and saw the Rockets make another statement why they are going to be Golden State and why they want to be Golden Ooh. State and why people are now picking it's them to be Golden year. State. So, and then, the, and then on Friday night, I mean, really nothing could be more exciting than fight night in the, I mean, a Saturday night fight night in Vegas or New York City. And I saw the UFC fight two two two, which is uh, very exciting. Wasn't one of the major things, not the sort of big stars there, but it was every... For people who don't understand the UFC, they have one big event a month, and four times a year they do in Vegas, and the other eight are across the world. And uh, so this was the fight on Saturday night. And uh, I saw this... Uh, they, they had some young fighters, so like Sean O'Malley, this kid who won the American Idol. They call it the Contender Series, but it's sort of the American Idol for uh, UFC. SEA fighters, he's 23 years old from Montana so he fought a fighter and in the second round, there's three rounds, and he broke his ankle so he's lying on the ground oh with a broken God. ankle, they think they're going to stop the fight they don't stop the fight, <laughs> he wrestles, somehow wins that second round, in the third round he just goes right to the ground, they wrestle on the ground, when it's over I'm thinking he lost, they, the referee instead of take, raising the hand of the guy who I think beat or whatever, goes over to Sean O'Malley who's lying on the ground and lifts his hands up in victory and they carry him out on a stretcher and was, they, did, they did the interview from the ring while he <laughs> On the ground, so it was. I mean, he's another big star, and this guy Brian Ortega, who's another young, 26-year-old who's undefeated and beat uh, uh, an old champion, Frankie Edgar. So that was exciting. And then the main event was this Chris Justino cyborg. She's sort of taken this space for Ronda yeah. Rousey, and uh, she easily won in I don't know, like like a minute over her content uh, over her uh, competition. So it was a, it was a good night. I like to see uh, uh, really like fast fights, dominating wins, and. And that's sort of what I got for these last two ones. Uh, it's, I've only been to a couple UFC fights. One thing about you see a little bit different in boxing is that I got there for the final three fights, which are the main ones. Everybody's in the arena. It's totally filled up. When I was there for Mayweather McGregor, there was nobody for the fight before <laughs> Mayweather McGregor. The entire arena filled up, and everybody left. But UFC fans, as anyone knows, go to the bars around the area. They watch every single one of them. Um, another th- neat, neat thing about this fight is that, again, like what Rousey did, a female was the lead on the, on the banner for this yeah. fight I mean she carried the whole fight and I can't think of any other sport where you would have you, you would not have girls basketball over men's basketball but maybe <laughs> Serena Williams if there's no whatever it's, it's truly amazing and Cyborg is amazing she's great and it looks like she might fight Nunes who's the girl that beat uh, Rousey one of the second person who beat Nate Rousey Next could be another major fight so it's very exciting that in a sport that didn't really have women at all fighting six seven years ago now there's some of the probably the main draws and uh, it was great being there it's great going to UFC fight it's hard to see when you're in the arena because the cage is difficult. There's you have a cage around you. Yeah. You can't see inside. There's cameramen. When you see it on TV, it's pretty clear. But they do have screens and they show everything. But if you have a chance to go to a UFC main fight in Vegas or New York, wherever it's going to be, definitely go. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, really, you know, it's something people should see. And then a first for me, and I've been to so many sporting events in my life, but I've never been to a NASCAR race. And I have a lot of NASCAR <laughs> friends, people who are into it. I've watched it on TV. It was much bigger when I was younger than it is now. Now, but Vegas has a big NASCAR for me, and I was able as a guest now my, for the first time I go I got spoiled I'm sitting in the NASCAR President's Box or whatever the best seat in the house mm-hmm. uh, you walk in there every food you could imagine <laughs> I got headsets I, I, was, I was everything you possibly could have it was the most VIP treatment in the world so I, I definitely got a great experience one thing that was shocking about it was it's so loud I mean you definitely need to put headsets on you need to put something in your ears I cannot believe how loud these cars are and it, when you're there you really get a perspective about how fast these cars go because you can see them go. The mile—it was a mile and a half oval. You could see the cars go around the track, and you're like, I cannot believe they're driving three abreast, two abreast. They're, they're inches away from each other, <laughs> driving amazing. at those speeds. There were two wrecks. They were, they were 200. They were 400 miles, and there were only two wrecks the entire time. And you know, and with the headset and hearing the drivers talk and seeing the announcers, it was easy to follow. It was pretty good. And I really, I just, I totally enjoyed being there. This guy, Kevin Harvick, who's a top rider, he dominated. I think he led 300 or 400 laps. And, uh, but it was, it's great being. The atmosphere is great. The Las Vegas track seats 80,000 people. It sits in the mountains, so you have the track with all the colors. That's Super and the, cool, and, the, and, and then you have these huge sunrise mountains. It's like you're in a bowl. It was, it's really cool. Fans were into it. Uh, great place to go. It was a good. I, I, I absolutely for my first NASCAR race, I could have asked for anything better. My your hosts were amazing to take me there. So, uh, and then they do something a little different. One last point: they let you go and they, in, during the race, they have small. They have a race within a race. So they go like the first eighty laps is a race, and then they, whoever wins that gets bonus points, and then they restart and do another eighty I didn't lap know that. race. That's Crazy. The raid. Yeah, so it was a little, it's a little crazy Like, get through bonus points everywhere, but it keeps you, instead of just saying seeing the start of the race and seeing the end of the race, there's something you're like, when you're getting to 87th lap, or I think it was like 80 or 87. you get up to that point, you're like, who's going to win? Who's going to win? And, and I thought that was, that was a really good uh, experience. And then, of course, outside to see all the uh, merchandise tents for all the race car drivers and see the yeah. food <laughs> and everything. And it's, it's, and it's a very young sport. You know, it's Sunday afternoon, a lot of kids there, a lot of families there, people, I think, had a really good time. Uh and uh you know NASCAR has lost a lot of their big name drivers but for my first experience, it was tremendous. So those are my three big, I was busy uh, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. And then I'm still stuck in Vegas here, so that's uh, being stuck in Vegas
0: is not a bad thing. I go that's, to the Panthers so game. I go to the Panthers game, and it's like a great weekend for me. Ira has to go to multiple <laughs> sports across three totally, totally different genres, totally different fans. This is what Ira does every weekend. This is Ira on Sports 95.9, True Oldies Channel. It's 713. Uh, Mike Isolino from Robert Morris joining us at 740. Mike Bauer from Roger Dean Stadium At 720, you can join us right now, 877 960 9960. There's a lot I want to ask you because these are all things I've never experienced. First and foremost, let's go back to the NASCAR race. What is the atmosphere like at a NASCAR event? I can't imagine that. I know they're probably the the most rabid fan base uh, in, in the world right now. It's the fastest growing sport in the country. Tell us what actually being at the track is like.
1: Um, I think that the energy from the race starts. It's totally different than other sports. I mean, you can walk in if, just with a good VIP pass. You can see the drivers. go to the drivers' meetings. Watch the cars. Look at the cars. I mean, you're not in the locker with LeBron James before the game. You're in Tom Brady aren't hanging out like you Bill Belichick's not giving the game plan to you, and then you're going out and watching it. It's absolutely a totally. It's very interactive. The drivers are the most accessible. They are talking to their fans. They're sociable. I mean, if every uh, athlete in every sport, we like NASCAR drivers. I mean, the popularity of these sports would be great because they are wonderful to the fans. And I think the energy when the race starts and, uh, certainly the energy when it ends is amazing. Um, it's, it's, and there's only, no the weird thing about NASCAR is it's the one event. There's, when you have football, there's 16 other games going That's on at the same time. Yeah. For NASCAR, that's the race, it's right there, and that's where, it's. just like the UFC fight, that's where where all the action is at that moment. So it's fun to be at those types of events, and they're different, and I just love sports so much, and so I like to see different types of sports, but it is definitely, uh, it was definitely a lot of fun,
0: it's great. Uh, Sean have you ever attended a NASCAR event you don't seem like a NASCAR guy
2: no definitely not a NASCAR guy but when I used to live in New York uh, Riverhead Raceway yeah uh, and and it, that's when you did the the school bus derbies and all the that figure eights. Yeah. so you know to you know it's obviously not going to a NASCAR event but stuff like that I mean to, to, to be on the track and kind of the same thing I mean it's a lot of local drivers I had cousins that that raced and stuff um, so so being at an event like that's definitely different you know being a traditional sports fan I would say um, and not like a gearhead but But that's the closest I've gone to uh, to a NASCAR circuit.
0: Well, I went to uh, college in Nashville. So, of course, I've been around NASCAR fans. They have racetracks there. Bristol is the closest thing to where we were, and people would rave about the experience at Bristol. It was about three hours from me. Never quite made it out there, but uh, it was always something that intrigued me. And being at the smaller racetracks, even, you don't realize how fast these cars oh are and God. how loud they are. I mean, they whip yeah. past you. It does give you adrenaline. It's, yeah. it's cool when these cars whip past you at 120 and that NASCAR, 220 um, miles an hour. I really touched on UFC. UFC had a really, really good run. Ronda Rousey did more for that sport, maybe than anybody's ever done, as far as a female or a male sport. I mean, it's just ridiculous uh, what what she did. Conor McGregor then took that and took it to the next level. Before that, John Bones Jones, amazing guy, and just uh, couldn't stop doing PEDs and drugs. Um, and then the, you know Anderson Silva, who would just uh, Silva's fights where everyone wanted to see this showboating guy who just knocked everybody out. I don't know. I realize UFC doesn't seem to have that anymore. Cyborg's been around for 40 years, it seems like. That woman is just ageless. But do you think UFC needs a new superstar? I don't think there's the hype around UFC there used to be.
1: Right, I mean, clearly that's what they're looking for. I, I went to the Rousey Tate fight a few years ago, and people ask me, "What's the loudest event you have ever been in?" I think when LeBron James was in Miami returned to Cleveland for the time back, and people booed him for the first like <laughs> half an hour of the game. When a uh, Duke Carolina game, uh, Jordan's last shot in Utah. These are the places I've been to when I hear when Rousey fought Tate. I didn't really know much about Rousey. I didn't know that. Much. She, the booing was so loud, the screaming. When she went in the ring, from, and the match lasted like, I think, like a, a minute, and then it was over and she won. You but she but it, when she they did. announced it, you couldn't hear, you could not hear the announcer, you couldn't hear the music, you just heard the fans. So clearly that she just somehow just galvanized and had the passion and, and everything and people just you know gravitated either for or against her and there is nobody like that in the UFC right yeah. now and that's what they desperately need. Uh, McGregor has that, but he's not fighting. If yeah. McGregor would fight, then if McGregor fights tomorrow, he's it's the biggest draw. But he's not. He hasn't been fighting. You know, and then he fought the boxing match against Mayweather. I mean, so he hasn't done anything. They need McGregor either to come back and they're trying to develop some some of the
2: young players. Cl- and, and, and there is there there's a lot of up-and-coming fighters, right? You know, you got you got Demetrius you Johnson, you got Woodley. You know, Holloway's a you know a, a monster. Khabib, I think, is the closest thing that could be a superstar. But but at the same time, they just don't have that draw attraction. I mean, there's a there's so much depth and good fighters in the UFC right now, but there isn't that one person you could put on the pedestal. Um, you know, that brings the average fan in. You know, me and Mike talked about it a little bit earlier. You know, we're not exactly UFC fanatics. If the if the fight's on, I'm going to watch it, but I don't I don't follow it religiously. But you know, when McGregor fights, I got to order. That fight yeah. when Rousey fought, I had to order that fight. You know, he uh, you know, was waiting for Rousey to lose. Exactly, and that's, and that's what you're waiting for. You watch, it's same thing. Floyd yeah. Mayweather, same thing with Silva. You, you order yeah. a fight and I know it's we're crossing to boxing, but those those people are so polarizing that you know it's at a point you don't even want to see them win anymore. You just want to watch them lose. You want to make sure you don't miss the fight that they lose in. You know, there's not that person in the UFC right now that I feel like is that you know for the casual fan. For UFC fighters, they'll tell you, you know, I mean, this is the best it's been in years because there's such a good depth and such great fights. Um, you know, in every single card. But uh, for the casual person they be brought in, there isn't that standalone superstar. But, and, and that's the issue. When Ronda Rousey was
0: fighting, I was at Duffy's every yeah. Saturday night or I was at the alehouse. House. I needed to be watching this fight. <coughs> now, if I'm out and the fight's on, I'll glance yeah, where the fight's going on. Yeah. It, it is nothing like it used to be. 719, Ira on Sports 95.9, a true oldies channel. Mike Balsamo, Sean Grega. got you covered as well. We're going to catch up more with Ira because I got to hear about the Raiders' new arena. Also, Vegas is really just developing into a sports mecca. But first and foremost, our good friend Mike Bauer, he's the general manager of Roger Dean Stadium, joins us on the line. Mike, man, these marches come around way too fast, and here we go again. Spring training's underway. Mike, you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, how are you? Excellent, Mike. How are you? It's March again, and we're kicking off spring training at Roger Dean Stadium.
3: Yeah, we're off and running. We're about a weekend now, three weeks to go, and our St. Louis Cardinals and Miami, Maryland are, are playing every day at the newly renamed Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium, and, and spring training baseball is back.
0: I didn't know that they popped the, the Chevrolet in there, so I'll, I'll correct that going forward on all of our stuff, Mikey. Um, before we get into actual baseball, my favorite sport, Abacoa is just growing exponentially. Every t- I get my haircut at Barber's Edge in, in Abacoa. Every two weeks when I go to get my haircut, there's a new building. (laughs) Something else popped up. Abacoa is just really, really a hot spot now, Mike.
3: Yeah, you know, we're really thrilled with what FLF Holdings, the new ownership group of downtown Abacoa, has done. And I take my kids to Barber's Edge, too. Um, (laughs) And and I think just about every business is now, uh, every building now has a uh, a business within it now. So we're thrilled to have some new neighbors, and it's nice to see you know, our our neighboring
0: town center thrive. Uh, I'm sure that uh, most people in South Florida know that, you know, for a long time, it was the Cardinals and the Marlins at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. Now we've got the ballpark of the Palm Beaches, and we have uh, two of the best teams in baseball playing in our backyard as well with the Houston Astros and also uh, the Washington Nationals. Mike, what's the effect that you've seen uh, at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium with the ballpark of the Palm Beaches right down the road? Well, you
3: know, you could really say now that Palm Beach County is the epicenter of spring training. Baseline. Oh, yeah, 14 yeah, within 15 minutes of each other. Then you got the Mets right up the road 45 minutes away. So really you have five teams here to make like a nice little hub. And, and I'll tell you, the winner is Palm Beach County because you've yeah. got people coming into our community that are staying in our hotels. They're eating in our restaurants. They're going to the beach. They're recreating here. And the economic impact is strong. And, uh, you know, we, we have felt that, you know, we had the Cardinals and the Astros here in our building yesterday, yeah. and the building was absolutely packed. You know, the Cardinals come as a sea of red, as we joke, but there was a large number of uh, Houston
0: Astros fans, and, and the benefit is, is Palm Beach County. You know, Mike, I couldn't believe it. I moved to Florida a decade ago, and you hear rumor. you know, everywhere you go, there's going to be Dallas Cowboys fans. They come out of the woodwork. <laughs> <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers fans. You find them everywhere. I did not realize St. Louis Cardinals fans were as rabid as they are. They might be the best fans in baseball. They fill up Jupiter for a month, and Abaco is a sea of red, like you said, Mike.
3: You would get no argument from me. And I'll tell you, you know, St. Louis isn't a mega market like you know some of these other communities you've mentioned, but their fan base is unbelievable, and uh, they they blanket Jupiter, they blanket Palm Beach Gardens, and. Really, a lot of Palm Beach uh, in the area, for that matter. But they are very passionate. They they love their Cardinals and, and really were the benefit from that.
0: Mike Bowers on the line with us. Ira on Sports 723. You can chime in as well, 877-960-9960. Mike is the general manager of Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium in Abacoa. Mike, you amaze me every year. I and mean, we, we talk a lot, uh, especially during baseball season. You have new stuff at Roger Jean Chevrolet Stadium every single season. What's new at RDS this year?
3: You know, we certainly try to make upgrades to the facility every year because we want our fans to see something new and, and really enjoy the stadium. This year, uh, I think you're familiar with Venus Williams' the tennis star. Uh, but we've uh, used Venus' design group, V-Star, uh, to help us redesign our luxury suites. And, you know, the building's 20 years old. It, it's been time to do some of these things. And, you know, we took our, our suites from the 90s into something more contemporary today. Uh, we also redid our, our field this year, so it's a brand-new term. And, uh, you know, we redid some things that the fans will notice that are smaller things. And we redid the bathrooms. And, you know, we added digital menu displays, the concession stands, and all the stands out take credit cards. And, and, and little things like that to really make some improvements. Uh, you know, we also redid our outfield wall, the foul poles, and, you know, some little things like that. But, you know, every year we want to make sure that the fans, when they come to the park, they're going to see something's changed. And it's going to be a little more enjoyable
0: for them. If one thing, if you've never been out to uh, Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium, the food is phenomenal. It's a great place to bring your entire family. It's not going to break the bank like going to you know some other professional sporting events. And the food is so good. It's one of the reasons I love uh, popping over to Abacoa. Uh, Ira's on the line with us, direct from Vegas. Ira, what do you got for Mike? Um, I guess that...
1: Uh, Mike, I, um, one of the things you could talk about is I noticed this, what's happening in Abaco also. So many restaurants there, um, and I think that's going to help you for the. I know you know after spring training's over, you think well it shuts down, but you still have minor league baseball going on mm-hmm. for months. And and it, now it looks like now play, people now know who the single way superstars are for the Cardinals. They they <coughs> know these guys. They know who's coming up. It, it before it's like oh, I don't know who plays it. You know, people you know they can you know list all the names and list all the players, everything. So it's now going to be. You, what are you looking for in terms of the minor league season coming up once spring training's over and especially the craziest leagues? but now that you have restaurants there, you can make it a night, and you can see some good baseball? Well, I would
3: tell you that, you know, opening week for us is going to be a huge week. You know, on opening day, we're going to have fireworks, and we're going to have the, the world-renowned Zuka Stars come entertain at the game. Uh, the second game of the year, we're actually going to be giving out replica championship rings for the uh, champion Palm Beach Cardinals of the Florida State League. And then our third day, we're going to have Star Wars night. So, you know, you're going to have these these characters that look like they walked off the set from a Star Wars movie <laughs> that our fans can interact with and get a picture taken with. And, you know, that's just our first week. You know, we love the food. We love the zany. We, we want to make sure that there's really strong entertainment during our games. You know, and to go with that, you know, there's a new restaurant. Uh, You know, Ira, you mentioned that there's good food in the area. There's a new restaurant in in downtown Abacoa called Aaron's Table. New partner of ours. Excellent New chef-driven restaurant. Wonderful meals. So, you know, I encourage fans to come out, see a ball game, grab something to eat at Aaron's Table, and and really come make a night of it because, you know, it's family affordable entertainment. And, you know, the minor league season, you know, we're talking about spring training now, but the minor league season is right around the
0: corner, too. He is Mike Bauer. He's the general manager of Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. Uh, Mike, before I let you go, what's the best way to get tickets or just learn more about the Cardinals and Marlins playing here in Jupiter?
3: Well, the best way is to go to Roger Dean Chevrolet You can get the schedules. You can, you can learn all about our promotions. You can learn about our players. It really is a, an all encompassing website. Uh, but the best way to do it, though, is just to come down to the ticket office. Find a ticket, you know, that's for you. Come see a game and, and let us show you what, you know, downtown Abaco is all about. We have a beautiful stadium and, and we'd love to have them. And
0: trust me, you will enjoy your experience at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. Mike, I throw out a first pitch every year. You think we can get Iron on a first pitch this year? How's that going to work mm-hmm.
3: out? We're, we're ready to have you both. We can set it up on the same day.
2: Oh, and, so it's a competition. Uh, this is perfect. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, only a little advice. You know, people say, Mike, you know, what do you tell people before they throw their first pitch? And, and I say, listen, we're not weekend warriors here. Stand in front of the mound, um, up and throw, give them the old businessman special, and put it in there. That works <laughs> the best.
0: Mike Bauer, he's the general manager of Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. Thank you so much for popping by Iron Sports. Thanks, guys. See you soon. 728. This is Ira on Sports 95.9, the true oldies channel. Mike and Sean, we're with you as well. You know, Ira, I'm excited for this competition now, so we got to work this out on a day when you're actually in South Florida, not in Vegas or L.A. or jet setting. Um, I'm one for three with throwing a strike. (laughs) One of them. First of all, I don't stand at the front of the mound. I'm standing on the rubber. Yeah. Let's let's be honest here. I, I would bring my glove. They won't let me. <laughs> I also shake off two signs from the catcher. But I skipped. No, I, I skipped one. One was way outside. I would have killed the batter. One was down the pipe, though. Ira, so get ready.
1: Well, I'm, I'm ready for the competition. But it's, it's also, I'm glad Mike came on because it, it's certainly amazing with the ballpark of the Palm Beaches and now Roger Dean Stadium. Ford, you can see games. I mean, I wish they would play during some during the day and some at night so you could get to see both stadiums at the same night. There's, I think, a couple they do that, but it's just amazing. It, it's just a great time to be in South Florida.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think twice a year they play a night game. So, yeah, they'll do like the double header, but yeah, it's usually always uh, 105 starts at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. Mike Isolino joins us in. Just about 10 minutes. Let's get back to what Ira was up to because I still have a lot of questions. Vegas, we're going to talk in a second. It's blowing up. There's going to be another major sports franchise there very soon. But first, the Raiders are on their way. Ira, did you get a glimpse of the Raiders' new uh, stadium? How's that looking?
1: Well, just to start about Vegas for a second, it's Everyone's known about the betting in Vegas. Everybody comes here for the NCAA tournament. Everybody comes on Sundays for football. So it's always been a big fight to be here. But now, I mean, what's really, I think, and the UFC is here, but really got the city going is your, your favorite sport hockey. The Knights, which are in second place and doing great, mm-hmm. selling out every game. I mean, it's going to be 110 degrees, and they're going to sell it. as they have Every game, every ticket sold. Scalping, and tickets are ridiculously priced. Everyone is wearing Knights gear everywhere you go. It's taking this by storm and like and there's other huge sports they have three college basketball tournaments have, their, tor- have yeah. their tournaments here and then the Raiders oh my gosh I mean it is crazy everyone wearing Ra- you think you're in Oakland I mean yeah. everyone has Raiders they're wearing Raiders
2: gear they- already oh my god are you kidding me that's awesome they
1: they, they are, they are digging. They, they just started the the initial groundbreaking with the ground and doing the work. So, but, but, they, so you see where the stadium's going to be. But just, it's not the stadium. It's the fans. It's the people here. They are into this. They are Raider fans. They're ready to go. This ticket, they've sold out all the suites. There's wow. the stadium well, the has, has not even said. gone on sale. Yeah, and, and but the stadium is going to. People were nervous. The market's smaller; it's not that big, but the fans are into it. And I think what's really going to draw is certainly everyone. And whenever quote the Steelers play the Raiders, or anybody plays the Raiders, you're going to know. You're going to know nine months in advance, and everyone's going to book their trips. They're going to book their trips for, for preseason games. Those eight games when those eight teams are playing there, it's going to be so big. The stadium's going to be amazing. They're going to have major events at the stadium. This town is becoming sports crazy. They're actually building a new triple a hundred. Fifty million dollar AAA baseball park too. Wow. I mean, it just doesn't stop with sports here, and now the NASCAR racing, and UFC, and and the golf and everything. It is it is truly this town is becoming. It, you know, it's not just oh, for so long people looked at Vegas and said, oh no, we're gambling, so we can't have any sports. Yeah. Now it's becoming besides New York City, Vegas is going to be that second city I think in the West in terms of for sports events.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with Ira on that one too. You know, you you're seeing it, especially with the Knights there. Um, the NBA brought there. You know they have a summer league out there. I know they've done an All Star game there, uh, and they're dropping the seeds um, in terms of you know what's the potential for an NBA team there. Um, and even when you look at those summer league games, I mean they they, they essentially sell out. So um, expect I would say maybe another league to come in NBA eventually. Um, you know we we're talking earlier, and I think you know even seeing a soccer team out there. You know you look at the t- if you look at the MLS right. You know not this big draw. It's not like Europe. Uh, MLS but, is getting huge, but it, but, though, it, but yeah. it is, and you, and when you look at the teams that are, you know, let's say that have the most rabid fan bases, they're on the West Coast. I mean, you, Seattle, you look I at Seattle LA Galaxy, Portland, yeah. Real Salt Lake, Colorado. Yeah. Uh, the two, the two teams in um, um, California, San Jose and LA. I mean, those. I mean, they sell out. I mean, especially Seattle and Portland. I mean, you have that that Northeast area, uh, the Northwest area. You know, I think if you brought a team in like that to uh, to 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 Las Vegas, you'd see the same type of draw. When Seattle popped into the league, first of all, their jerseys are awesome. They went crazy. The fans. I, the went fans nuts.
0: It was rabid yeah. soccer fans yeah. in Seattle. It was the, one of the coolest things so, I've ever seen. I agree. I think Vegas would be the same. Ira, though, this brought me to my next question. It was something I was wondering. I assume. Listen, I go to an away Giants game every year. I like to see new stadiums. So the Giants, when they're playing, if they are playing in Oakland or not Oakland, playing the Raiders in Vegas, that's going to be my first stop, and it's going to be most guys and girls. Hey, if we're going to an away game, why not make this a Vegas, Vegas trip? Yeah. So this brings me to my question, though. Do you think that the fans, and and you kind of answered it saying there's so many jerseys, but I thought that Vegas was doing this all. You're a businessman, so you'd know. I thought they were doing this for the draw of -of out-of-towners. You really think that there's going to be a huge Vegas market there?
1: I think it's that's why these tickets, this could be one of the biggest, the hottest tickets in all of sports, because that's what I'm wow. thinking is that these fans are, it's going to be like the Knicks almost. The Knicks are terrible. So you have all <laughs> the fans that go to games, but then you have everybody that goes to New York that wants to go to a oh. Knicks game, so they drive the ticket prices up. They're yeah. the worst team in basketball, yeah. and they're the most expensive tickets every single night. And I see that happening here, too, with the fans wanting to go, and then the out of towners. And if you're going to go to Vegas, you're going to spend all this money. Oh, what's another couple hundred bucks for it's a ticket? You you're already spending money for everything else. Um, do you know? Building even another arena, they just completed T-Mobile, which is a twenty thousand seat, you know, first state of the art where the Knights play. They're building another arena where the Palazzo in Venetian is. That's gonna another top. Can you tell me another city in the world that is building within two years a football stadium for two billion dollars, an arena, <laughs> uh, a, one arena for basketball, and another arena for? That's what I think maybe the basketball team might play there. It's just amazing. It's the like TV Dubai out there.
0: It's like Dubai. What, what? What, what ridiculous monstrosity can be put out here? And this is why Vegas is <laughs> fantastic.
1: And so, there's also, you know, I'll add one last point. Sure. There's even Luxor is building an esports arena. So it's an arena for esports. So people go and they can watch the competition and, and on the video games and compete. And it's going to like for thousands of people to sit there and watch esports. It'll be the largest esports arena in the world at the Luxor. So it's just crazy what's happening.
0: Sean's a professional World of Warcraft player. So this is going to work out perfectly <laughs> uh, for him going out to, to, to do his oh, esports. Yeah. out in las vegas 734 iron sports 95.9 true oldies <laughs> channel you're you're a level 12 paladin <laughs> errol egan our uh, chief of master controls telling us we, my kids do have a future <laughs> esports um oh let's keep moving ira one, one last thing on vegas you said it, it's really becoming a mecca and i'm i didn't think this was going to happen I- 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 at least in the Time frame, it did, I thought it was going to take forever to get them a professional team. Just because of the gambling thing, like you said, now Vegas is going to become arguably the sports uh, epicenter of this country. So what's... Here's the question, Ira. What's the next pro sport to be there?
1: I mean, people here, they just think it's the NBA. I mean, it's so... I mean, it's it's, it's 30 NBA teams. (coughs) Yeah, there's 30 30 NBA teams. Seattle looks like they're going to get one. And then another team, they'll add two teams. I mean... I don't see it. I don't think the NBA wants to expand, but it just seems the market. They they're very interested. They had the All Star Game here. It was very successful. Yeah. Um, basketball is huge here, and uh, Seattle. I, I think everyone thinks Seattle is going to get another team. They have all the money. They're fixing their stadium up. They're prepared to get a stadium. So it, if they're going to, but no NBA team looks like they're ready to move there. Yeah. So it looks like they're going to just do expansion. They have to, have to be in an expansion, Yeah.
2: And 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 the craziest part is that like if we think about how this happened, right? It was almost like it was never going to happen because we thought. The Oakland Raiders were just kind of holding the league hostage, <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, we're going to go to Vegas," and everybody's like, phooey. Yeah, you know, it was just not. It wasn't something that we thought was tangible. We thought it literally was. Yeah, um, you know, Mark Davis, uh, owner of the Raiders, holding you know, Vegas, uh, the NFL hostage, and now it's turning into what it's becoming. Um, and I think it is. I think it's exciting for the sports world. I think it's exciting for Vegas. I think it's exciting for you know the people that are coming out of town. that could catch a game now, see their favorite team in uh, in Sin City. So So um, I would have to agree with Ira. Um, I think the NBA is coming. Um, I do think, you know, it's going to take some time, but if they do – you know, which I know. I know Seattle has you know shown. Hey, we have the money. We we got the permits. We can build. Um, if if that's going to come around by 20, 2020, 2021, um, there will be an expansion team in Vegas. I think that has to be the first city uh, um, that the NBA w- would look at. Look to. I think they to, want to Seattle another- bad and Vegas bad. Yeah.
0: Uh, Ira, you know, I, I wasn't. This wasn't like a question of mine. But now I'm thinking about it because you brought it up. I don't really think the NBA wants to expand. I think that they're happy with, like, baseball keeps talking about expanding. You have teams that can't find a third pitcher. (laughs) You do not need to expand baseball. You need to contract four teams. Um, Can you see the NBA looking for expansion? Like, for me, like you said, I don't think they want to do it, and I think their hand might be pushed. Seattle wants a team so bad, and now Vegas is doing this. What's your take, Guy?
1: I really think what's going to happen is that when they were talking about expansion teams, I think the Knights went for $600 million. I think that someone's going to say, the NBA's going to say, expansion team, $2 billion. That's what uh, the Clippers went or some crazy number. And guess what? Someone's going to pay it. And if someone's going to pay that number, they're going to get the team. Yeah. It's going to be some and the owners are not going to turn down $4 billion or $5 billion of money that no. they get to split up. And I hope they do it the way the Knights did. I mean, the fact that they allowed the Knights to come in and be competitive, and be not only competitive, but you know, because they... Drafted well and selected well, but that has helped the team. You do not want your expansion team to be zero and sixteen in football <sighs> or whatever. I mean, and the Raiders are going to come in here with Gruden. look at the excitement of the Raiders are already a good team. They have Gruden as their yeah. coach. They are Derek Carr. They're, a car they're, a as a, they're as, exciting. As, they're yeah. They're a draw. So they're, they're going to they're gonna come in and be good already, and they have a name. So mm-hmm. certainly if the NBA does an expansion, they should do probably the same model that the NHL used, let them have a chance to win the first year.
2: Yeah, I, I, think, I think where Mike brings up a good point, that maybe the NBA doesn't want to expand, I guess what you see in terms of the way free agency is handled now and how the players have so much control and the discrepancy between the top team in the league, you know, or in That's a conference to so the bottom. Yeah. You know, it, you, you look at you, you know, the Houston Rockets and Golden State Warriors. I mean, the Memphis Grizzlies don't even deserve to stand on the same court with those two teams. <laughs> um, you know, so to add two more teams to that equation, um, it's going to be tough. But you know, Ira then brings up a good counterpoint where it's money, it's business. You know, you put an NBA team in Vegas, um, same thing as the Knicks, where he talked about. They could be awful. They're going to sell out every single night because it's something to do in a city that doesn't sleep. I mean, people Literally. are up until 6, 7, 8 in the morning. I mean, why not go to a game and, and, and watch your home team get blown out by, by the Rockets and you get to see James Harden or, you know, uh, um, the Warriors come to town? You know, I would go to that. Um, so um, it, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword there um, because I, I think you're watering down the product, but, you know, the almighty dollar comes into play and, you know, there's not a lot of places that got more money than Vegas, so.
0: Um, Errol Egan's our chief of Master Controls. He's trying to write me a note here about how he thinks this is going to go. Errol, Errol, what are you working on?
3: Oh, well, I was also just wanted to bring up the point when you look at maybe the expansion in Las Vegas, you have to look at the ownership of that team and the way that they're going to spend the money that is going to just really blow out anyone
0: else because they're spending it more wisely. Uh, I really, you're, a, you're a good businessman. What's the financial – what's the word? Repercussions. For for owners like you, you know he said five six hundred million dollars as an owner or a city to chime in for this how long does it take to profit off, off that I mean it's a risky endeavor Vegas I'd be confident about yeah if I'm opening a team in Oklahoma City like the like the moving the Thunder I would have been worried about that you, you know Ira what's your take
1: well it's more risky in Vegas because they're not going to get the TV money because that's why oh, that's wife, right. yeah. paid... So much for the Clippers. There's yeah. not that market. I mean, and then look, we're seeing with the Marlins. I mean, we talk about business, but that's what happened with the Marlins. The Marlins TV contracts up. They think they're going to get a lot more money now on their next contract. Well, that's why some people are saying spend more money. You're going to get a new contract. You're going to get more money from your new contract. But if your team is terrible, I mean, are you really going to get that much? Um, so I do think it's, but there is just so much tie ins There are so many rich people. I mean, it's not saying that <laughs> a lot of money. Vegas, there's money in Vegas. There's rich, some of the richest men and women in the entire world are here, and, and they want a team, and a lot of this is vanity, a lot of it is owning something, yeah. and uh, if people want to say they own an NBA team, they want to say they own an NFL football team, this is a team to have, and so they want to own a team in their own home market, and I think that's why you're going to start to see someone. No one thought the Clippers, the Clippers were going to sell for $2 billion. No. Never in a million years <laughs> yeah. they sell for $2 billion because no. Steve Ballmer had the money, and he wanted, to, wanted the team, and he paid for it. That's
0: what he got. Iris, what do you think? You're going to uh, try to get in on one of these new NBA <laughs> franchises when they pop-up? How's this going to work out?
1: Uh, just just maybe buy some... I think, buy, I think owning season tickets in Vegas would be a great investment <laughs> because I think you could sell it on the on the secondary market pretty good. I really yeah, think... That's that a smart idea. Well
0: yeah. That's actually an excellent idea. Buy season tickets and stub every single game. 742. This is Ira on Sports 95.9 True Oldies Channel. Mike and Sean. We're here with you as well. Time to bring in uh, the biggest regular we have on this show. It's Mike Isolino, coach at Robert Morris... Mike, uh, your Monday nights have really gotten a lot more fun now that you're <laughs> popping into Iron Sports every Monday night, hasn't
4: they? No, no doubt about it. I enjoy, I enjoy being on, and it's, uh, it's always exciting to call in.
0: Mike, before we get into all the NCAA stuff, you, you were on the line. Do you think the NBA should expand if they could or try to relocate franchises? I'm in the camp that I don't think there's enough talent. I think they should relocate franchises, not expand. What's your take?
4: Well, I I, th- I agree with that. I think right now uh the expansion process uh can really water down teams. Um, you know, it used to be back when I played, you had the teams where, you know, you still had the big 3 with Bird, Mikhail, Parish and uh, you know, the Lakers, but you didn't have with uh Magic and, and Kareem and Worthy. Um, you know, you had those, the, those battles, those rivalries. Yeah. I think some of the rivalry is lost because of some of the league is watered down. Yeah. And what some of the stars are doing is they're coming together to go on these teams, to form these power teams, to recreate these rivalries. But, again, it, then it allows for these lower teams uh, just to not be competitive. So um, I'm not sure expansion is the right way to go for the NBA at this time.
0: Mike, I'm a Knicks fan. So I don't need to hear anything about diluted talent, not being able to put wins together. This is just, uh, you, you're preaching to the choir. I absolutely love it. Again, Mike Isolino, coach at Robert Morris. Um, I gotta give you credit, man. You were right about Sean Miller. Everyone jumped the gun on this. Ira, if we're not familiar with what's going on here, you want to just give everyone a quick uh, quick recap? Well,
1: I mean, with the Sean Miller, I mean Yahoo, I mean, and ESPN had reported that he was on tape saying, "I'm going to pay a player hundred thousand dollars," and uh, and uh, every he was suspended for one, year. not suspended, he sat out a game. There wasn't really suspension. Mm-hmm. And then we yeah. had Mike on, and I think 99.9 percent of people who are commentators, I mean, Jay Bilas goes, "Sean Miller will not coach another basketball game the rest of his life." I think everyone else said the same thing. And I got to give Mike credit. Mike said, "Look, I don't know about this. It's not so clear." And next thing you know, this week. Um, he uh, came out publicly, defended himself, saying he did not offer anyone, never met the agent until after the agent signed. Uh, he never uh, uh, certainly talked money with anybody. Only one, He said only one time a person has come to with money, and he certainly declined and told the person he's not interested. And then the school backed him up, and they reinstated him and said he's our coach. So i got to give credit for Mike, because I think he's the only person I know that was saying, Sean Miller's going to be coaching this year. And I was, I'm was i shocked, but it, it looks like you know, he's going to be coaching the team in the tournament and arizona has a great chance to win the whole thing so
0: coach backing up the coach mike what do you think <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, it's a fraternity I, i'm not sure <laughs> I, he,
4: here's what here's what i know uh, back up facts and you know while one outlet media outlets and espn obviously backed up the yahoo story there was never the release of any tapes Nothing. you know proving the fact that Don said this, that doesn't mean he didn't do it. I, I, I don't know. You don't know. We all don't know. Only the people that have heard the tapes directly know um, whether he did that or not. And I think that'll come out in time. Yeah. Obviously, if he did that, um, he probably won't ever coach again. Uh, that's just yeah. that's the nature of it. And if he didn't, then, you know, there has to be repercussions on the other side yeah, of that. Of for people To leak that type of information, I mean, that, that was very damaging to him, to the program, uh, you know they've lost they've lost three recruits now. They lost Shaquille O'Neal's son this yeah. past week, and then yeah, they lost the other realize. point guard. Yeah, I mean that that's uh, that's huge. Those are four damage or five star. Recruits. This story has done especially if it's not true. It's huge, huge damage. That you know those teams, Arizona, those teams in the Pac-10, and all the Big Five, they have to recruit pros. If yeah. they don't recruit pros, they're not going to be successful. It's really hard to be successful at that type of level if you don't have great players. Um, and, and they've lost three great players over this story. And if it turns out not to be true, it's going to be very damaging to it. All it already is damaging to the program.
2: Yeah, I think the, I think the program is damaged. You know, and it was kind of fishy from the beginning because it was they even got the player wrong. I mean, it, it came out within <laughs> days. It was like, oh, it wasn't this player, it was that player? Well, if you heard the tape, how could you get the name of the player wrong? Very good. point. You know, so it's it just. It just you know Yahoo and ESPN uh, you know some of it has been redacted. I believe there was a correction made. Um, you know, but losing those recruits, hopefully you know uh, they they do come back. Well, but, but well Shaquille O'Neal's son already signed with UCLA, so that's that one's gone. Um, yeah, you know, he didn't he
4: didn't sign. You can't sign until the April signing. Okay. Period again. Yeah, well, I just saw uh,
2: something that came out that he was, but he committed to him, or is that what I saw? He did. He committed. Okay. He committed to UCLA. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So you know, but to to have it almost come out right away that you know the the player was wrong. I just think it's, I just think it's. You know, where's the due diligence in media? You know, it's so quick to break a story instead of being right about a story um you know and i and, and and you continue to see the ratings drop in espn it's always a race to release how, the story. exactly yeah. you, you want to be first well i don't want i just want to be the first one to be right you know i don't want to be the first <laughs> one to be wrong so um you know i, I think this whole thing has been bungled with well, something going on 100 percent. but to to kind of go out you know and, and and really damage a program damage a coach's reputation that there's now whether it's true or not even if it's not true there's always going to be the what if you know how much did he know um you Know, was he involved at all? You know, so um, I think it was just um, you know a, a very a, a very tragic thing that happened to, to Coach Miller.
0: Seven forty-seven. This is Iron Sports ninety-five-nine Oldies Channel eight seven seven nine six zero ninety-nine six. He's the number to jump in. Mike and Sean are here. Mike Isolino is on the line with us. Coach at Robert Morris. We got to pick up the pace a little bit here, guys. Got about twelve minutes left, and I'm ready to go over. It doesn't matter. Uh, Mike <laughs> upsets. You see in the conference tournaments. Uh, this is the fun time before March Madness. What can you predict as someone who's around this all the, all the time as upsets?
4: Well, yeah, I mean, I think I think one of the things about the conference tournament is it, it's really hard to win your conference tournament. Yeah. You have to win three or four games yeah. uh, right in a row, most of them are right in a row some of the conferences they spread out the games like ours do, but most of the time you're playing back to back to back to back it's really difficult, and you're seeing teams that have won their league and they don't win their conference tournament. You know, Ryder and Kinesis and Niagara finished mm-hmm. one, two, three in the MAC, and all three lost in the first round. <laughs> um, so, you know, now you've got a team like Iona, uh, who's obviously a very good team, but they're the fourth-place team in that league. It's either going to be them or Fairfield in, in, in the NCAA tournament because that yeah. team league only sends one team. Um, so, first off, it's really difficult to win those games. Uh, but it also makes it for for a lot of exciting basketball. And uh, I think, you know, you saw it the other night when Radford hit that shot, that three-pointer at the buzzer. It just creates a great atmosphere. Um, Every single night now, and every single night, there's a championship game going on, and Mm -hmm. and it it gets people excited. And I think that's what creates the greatness about the NCAA basketball tournament and why people really gravitate towards it.
0: Uh, Ira, what what, was your uh, take on this? What upsets do you see coming in the conference tournaments?
1: Um, well I I you know I'm going to I'm going to sort of pass on this question because there's it's just I think what Mike is saying is correct you're playing in some of these games you're playing three nights and I, some teams just get on roll now what's the question i said and, and also some teams almost want to lose like in the major they're totally two different conference tournaments you yeah. have the small conferences you either win and you're in the NCAA you lose you're playing the NIT or whatever so winning is like for the coaches to get jobs and money and everything else and it's, <laughs> it's crucial for them to win for the major conferences some teams are like you know does it really affect my seating I does it really not affect yeah. Do I need to play? If I have an injured team and they're they're tired and they're aware, do I want to play four games in four nights? And if I know I'm already in a today, does it matter if I'm seated sixth or seventh or eighth? Does that really have a factor? So it's so hard to figure out. Do these teams, do these players, you know, are they going for this game? I certainly want to win the game, but at what point do they, like, you know, it's better for us to lose on Friday night and then have the weekend to get ready and then we'll play and we'll win on Thursday? Because people remember how far you advanced in the NCAA more than for the major conference where you advance is much, much more important than winning the conference tournament.
4: Yeah, no, and I... I well, thought... I, think, I think the other thing is, 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 is and, and I disagree a little bit, I think seeding in the NCAA tournament is very important. Um, you know, when we were out in New Mexico, um, we had beaten San Diego State twice during the year, or once during the year, and then once in the Mountain West Championship, uh, so we beat them twice. They ended up as a three or four seed, and we end up as a seven seed, and we got to play the number 10 seed, which was Stanford, who was... Uh, four or five out in the in the pack and they get a team that's a mid-major team so we're yeah. playing a bcs team they're playing a mid-major team we beat them so the seating to me is very important in the ncaa tournament and i and I know i understand it's hard sometimes to play four games at four nights college college students aren't used to that college players aren't used to that type of of uh schedule but in the ncaa tournament when it really comes down to it seating becomes very very important because either you're playing a BCS team or you're playing a mid-major, who probably you have a better chance of beating.
2: Yeah, no, and, and I agree. With, I actually, I gotta say I agree with uh, you know some of the takes that both you guys have. Obviously, seeding is is tremendously huge, um, y- you know. But I also agree with Ira, Where in terms of what you were what, what you were getting at Ira, where you know some of the like, let's look at the, the you know the ACC. You know, is, is Duke going out? You know, trying to obviously they want to win it, but they could take their foot off the pedal. They know they're in. You know, they're going to get a you know very high seed. Um, so you might see it in those in those um, you know the major conferences where you know teams that already have punched their ticket, they know they're in. They might take their 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 foot off the gas a little bit, where the smaller schools, you know, it's only one school's going, winning you're in. But to get to Mike's original question on the projections. I thought Michigan was going to win, and I know they already won it. So, um, But, you know, you look at a team like that, rambled off, I think, nine wins in a row, beat Michigan State, then beat Purdue to, 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 uh, to win the Big Ten. I mean, that's, that's huge. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go to games that start tomorrow, and Ira's not going to like me. But, you know, if you go to, if you go to the <laughs> ACC tournament, um, you know, I think the two teams that you're looking at to win is Virginia Duke. You know, and not, not to say that I have a favorite there. Um, you know, but if I had a pick, I, I don't think one of those two teams win it. I think you know, you see a team wow. like uh, you know, UNC, North Carolina, Joel Berry got something to prove. You know, It's his last hurrah as a senior, come out and win. Luke May playing amazing. Um, so I, I think in, in terms of if I got to pick an upset and I had to go um, you know, it, with a major conference, I'm looking at the ACC, and I'll, I'll say UNC winning that.
0: Mikey, we'll get to you next on this one, but Ira, what's your take <laughs> on this in the ACC
2: tournament? <laughs> Well, I Duke wanted. I mean, I thought
1: Duke wanted last year in terms, of, and I felt like they were really confident going into the tournament, and they didn't play as well. I mean, they against UNC in the first half they looked terrible, and then certainly I don't know what they're doing with Duvall. Their point guard is a superstar. I mean, they don't start him, they don't play him a yeah. little bit. Then he always sort of now he's catching on at the end of the game. I think he's sort of how the team goes. If Duvall has a good game, Grayson Allen looks fantastic against North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, the atmosphere is great. If anyone gets a chance to see Carolina Duke game at, at Duke, it's just one of the greatest experiences. As ever and just to jump in I, I, got, I will do a one prediction the America Athletic Conference nobody talks about because they don't even know who's in it but it's Cincinnati, Houston, Wichita State, Tulsa, Memphis UCF uh, and, and Temple it's a, a lot of really good basketball teams in that conference. I like Temple. Uh, I, I know the coach Frank Dunphy. I think he, he's the type of guy that does extremely well in conference tournaments all the time so I expect him to, to actually, uh, I, don't, I hope he can win the tournament but I, he, you look at some of the coaches that do really well and he consistently whatever whatever conference temple has been in has played very well in the conference tournament actually won himself into the tournament by playing well in these conference tournaments.
0: 754 Iron Sports, 95.9 True Oldies Channel, Mike and Sean. you got Mike Isolino, coach at Robert Morris, on the line with us as well. Mike, who do you see coming out of the ACC? Because I want you to make Iron Man right now. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest. I don't know who's coming out, but I find it funny somebody saying
4: that... Uh, you know, North Carolina winning it is is like uh, the underdog winning. Exactly. The other
2: <laughs> I mean, they're still a ranked this, team. This, this, I
4: just this, this is a team who's played in the last two national championship yeah. games. I think anything that they do is not really uh, surprising and. You know, they always have one of the top five recruiting classes but, like, uh, in the country. So it's kind of funny to yeah. hear When they're say, ranked 24, oh, it's
2: such a down year for UNC, you know? It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's incredible, <laughs> incredible, to,
4: incredible to say that. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that's the one thing about the ACC, I think, is it's is, is so competitive. Yeah. Um, from, from you know, the top to bottom, except this year I think some of the bottom teams were obviously really down with Pitt not winning a game yeah. uh, in the ACC and stuff like that. But um, when you look at it, I think, you know, Carolina's a fantastic pick. They have length, they have size, um, and I think they have the muscle to win the four games in, in four days, um, you know, but it wouldn't surprise me, and, and I know I'm picking the favorite, but I just think Virginia is so good defensively. Um, you know they can grind you out, and they can play both types of games. They can they can play a yeah. slow game, they can play a fast game, and uh, you know it's a team that's playing really well right now. Um, it's, it, I mean, it's really hard to pick uh, in, in that league, and you know, like like I said earlier, um, you know, they're still going to have seven, eight teams in in, in the tournament. Um, so that's you know, it's I'm kind of hedging my Pretty back. Pretty impressive,
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Mike. Uh, I love the NCAA tournament because I love Butlers. I love Creightons. I love Gonzaga's. Yep. I love these smaller schools that realistically, most people wouldn't know they existed if they didn't play in the NCAA tournament. Do you think that better mid-major and small conference teams should get in over average major conference teams? I mean, St. Bonaventure, 24-6 and 6, versus an Oklahoma team. The reason that the NCAA tournament is great is because of the parity and that these teams can win. What's your take on that?
4: Well, I, I I still favor the the bigger conferences, but again, you have to take the body of work of some of the schools. Like I think Bonaventure is a team that should be in this year, uh, even though the Atlantic Ten has been really down this year. I think they have eight teams that have losing records. Um, I still think Bonaventure is an NCA caliber team, uh, and I think the committee has to look at that. Um, you know, again, does Bonaventure have the record that'll Oklahoma has if they play in the Big 12? I don't know. Good question. (laughs) Good point. Yeah. Um, So, uh, you know, I still favor the big teams getting in over the mid-majors on general. Uh, And, again, I still think there's every so often there's that team or two that that should be deserves to be in the tournament over somebody. You know, two years ago when I was in the MAC, you know, Monmouth was a team I thought that should have been in, even though they didn't win the conference championship. They had great wins that year. Um, you know that was that was a that was a real uh, smack to the smaller conferences, to the mid majors, to not have a team like Monmouth in after beating some very very quality teams. But again, um, you know you're going to have the side. Uh, I think a lot of the people on the committee erring on the side of uh, you know we can have an Oklahoma in that has a following of thousands of people, or we yeah. can put a team of like Monmouth in that has you know, a following yeah. of 1,000 people yeah. or something. So sometimes I think there's other factors that are involved in it. Um, but I think there's a lot of great uh, mid-major teams this year that if they, if they win their conference, because like I said, it's not easy to do that, yeah. can actually, you know, beat some good teams. Like I think of, of Vermont um, has had a phenomenal Ooh. year. Uh, they, only, they only lost one game in their conference. And really they've done it probably without their best player, Anthony Lamb, uh, who I recruited He's just coming back off a off, uh, broken foot. He'll be back. If they win their conference tournament, I would not want to face them in the first round. Um, you know, a team we played this year already, uh, Buffalo, who's won the MAC. Uh, their side of it, if they win the tournament, that's another team I would not want to face in the first round because These teams are very, very good and capable of beating uh, some good teams, especially some BCF teams.
0: Mike, this is ridiculously embarrassing. I uh, am an alumni of Middle Tennessee State University. Had no idea these guys were even ranked. I had no clue that these guys are really putting together a good season because they don't get hyped, and they're in the top 20. I think there were 22 uh, last I checked. It, it, it's amazing how these things just fall by the wayside. 759, Iron sports, 95.9, True Oldies Channel. We're going over by a couple of minutes. Mike, we wanted to talk about all the bubble teams, and hopefully we can get to that uh, in the future. You want to stay on the line for us, talk a little combine? We'll do like three questions. What do you think? You're a you, you football guy.
4: <laughs> I'm a football guy I can beat football guy tonight Alright no, we Mike. like it
0: Ira <laughs> Combine ra- Is wrapping up It was a really good one This is one of the most exciting Combines that I've uh, Anticipated in years Because there's a lot of uncertainty uh, So I'll start with you Everyone has these Six top quarterbacks In their head And you have them ranked Where you think they're good Obviously some people Didn't throw uh, Some people didn't run Ira if you however if you had like your soon to be starting rookie QBs of the 6 did the combine change your view on those guys at all
1: um, not really. I, I, but I like what people said about Mayfield. They said that Mayfield yeah. threw the ball great. Um, Darnell didn't even, for USC, uh, didn't throw at all. Rosen was just average. People thought Josh Allen was a workout freak. He, he did. He was amazing. I mean, he was throwing the ball 100 yards. People said, <laughs> oh my god, I saw him throw the ball from one end zone to the other end zone. I mean, it, his feats of strength and speed and everything. But, I mean, he's just, uh, 50% completion at Wyoming. It's not, so, and Lamar Jackson had it out, uh, probably inconsistent. I mean, I, the guy from Richmond, uh, Loletta, the quarterback, probably helped himself the most because he probably became a second or third round, someone who doesn't get one of the top guys. He, they, everyone said he looked great in it, but I still, I love Mayfield as quarterback, and now you're starting to see that people liked how he threw the ball, and his measurables were, you know, average and, and wasn't amazing, but, uh, but as I said, Josh Allen did what Josh Allen, everyone thought Josh Allen was. He could throw the ball, he could fast, he could jump, he's a Superman, but he doesn't, I don't know, he hasn't really shown that he could play football that well, but we'll see.
0: Sean McGregor, what do you think? I know you're big on
2: the combine. You were talking my ear off about combine. <laughs> how does how did your quarterback rankings uh, shu- shuffle? Well, you know. I- It's 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 the underwear Olympics for a reason. So you don't you put stock into it, but you can't put too much stock into it. But where you can is for certain positions, and I think quarterback's one of those positions. I don't I think when you had every quarterback that's potentially going in the first, you know, uh, two rounds, you know, and and there's gonna be five, you know, projected maybe six in the in the in the in the first round to go, and all of them throw except for Darnold, I mean that to me, if I'm a team, I'm looking at it like you know, don't you want to compete against these guys? Don't you want to, you know, on this platform where you're all on one field right now, show me what you got. And he decided not to throw. Now, I don't know if there's an injury. We don't know that. Um, but to me, that kind of, where he was like the consensus number one on a lot of people's boards. I, I mean, that's that, why he didn't throw. That's he, what, he thinks he's still the consensus number yeah, one. Yeah, and I, and I think that hurts. I think that as some teams might look at that and say, hey, you know, does this guy have the fire that these other guys do? Um, Josh Allen, in my opinion, you know, was when you looked at it, was going maybe the fourth or fifth quarterback Behind Mayfield and Lamar Jackson, I think he's either one or two right now. I mean I moved him up he threw the one pass that you'll see over and over again on the yeah. highlights down the seam, seventy yards from the from the from the ten yard line to the twenty. Like it was nothing. I mean, like it was absolutely nothing. So I, I think just on sheer physical traits, I mean, he's the prototype. Um, I think Josh Rosen showed you what he is. He's the cleanest. He's the most consistent, um, but didn't wow you. I mean, I, I don't. I didn't see a lot. I thought Baker did a great job, um, but I, I think there was a shakeup. I think Josh Allen catapulted. I think Baker Mayfield solidified um, his his presence there. He's going top ten. I, I still think Lamar Jackson. Um, is the last one to go on the board. But they did say in terms of when he got on the board inside the meetings, he proved a lot of people wrong with his smarts, that he's a guy that knows the X's and O's. Uh, so, he, so he solidified his spot. And Mason uh, uh, Rudolph. I mean, he moved up. I, I think he's a he's a back end first rounder now. He looked more you know? NFL ready than I thought. I, I think yeah. he is. I mean, his he he's a guy who doesn't have the biggest arm, but he's super accurate, especially down the field. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he's the guy that can you know hit those intermediate passes. Um, so I, I think we're going to see six quarterbacks in the first round. I think the rankings did change. I have question mark a, a, about Darnold's toughness, mental toughness at this point. Where you know, if you're the number one guy and every saying you're the number one guy, and every other quarterback that you're competing against for that number one pick is throwing and you don't throw you gotta throw the football I, I mean I mean, that's, that's what I'm talking about so um, I like what I saw from uh, Allen and I like what I saw from Mayfield I I think already, those two guys moved up
0: I already don't love Darnold and Rosen for the character issue like yeah. you know, this guy doesn't want to throw he's kind of a crybaby Rosen's got issues in the locker room they, maybe his teammates don't like him like if I'm basing my franchise around you that's a good reason to throw you out yeah. in my opinion that, that, that's just how I work I think we lost Mike Isolino. Mike you still there He was not having this NBA NFL
2: talk. Let me get out of here before I
0: don't know about the combine. Ira, anybody, any movers and shakers from what you saw at the combine? uh, Player whose stock rose drastically, fell drastically off uh, the past weekend.
1: Well, I think I mean it's hard when you're like supposed to be in the top five and you suddenly go maybe as one. But I mean Saquon Barkley at Penn State, um, the running oh back, my uh, God. had he, he had the I mean he'll be he is the combine that everyone is going to now be judged again forever. I just, I just want to give you some stats about Barkley and I've seen all Barkley's games play in, for three years at Penn State, almost most of them live. But he had a, and I and I know how athletic he is. He's ridiculously athletic. But he had a 41 inch vertical leap. Ezekiel Elliott, that's 41 inches, had only a 32 inch. Labian 90. Bell. Had only a 31 inch. He's 10 inches more than than Labian Bell. It's 30, 40 percent. These are elite athletes. He had a 440, 40 yard dash. Devin Hester, you know, we think he's so great, so fast, or they were kick returner, 443. Ezekiel Elliott was 447. Derrick Henry was 454, and he was a 4-4. How about this one? He had 29 bench press reps of 225, or 225 pounds he benches 29 times. To give you example, a guy like Joe Thomas, all pro, NFL, offensive lineman for the bounce, he did 28. Right? So Barkley does 29, Joe Thomas does 28. I mean, the stats... That's is a go- great stat. A tw-
0: the, the, the one of the I toughest mean, left uh, tackles in the league did one less rep than a running back.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, amazing, just, I mean... Uh, here's another one. Ten yard split, that which is I think the probably the ten yard split is the most important because you have to that's what running backs do. They run yeah. in five and ten yards. He his split was one point five four seconds. Deshaun Jackson, who people think he's like the fastest person alive, one point five five. He yeah. was faster than Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. So I mean, absolutely and now you're getting to the point where the bounds are saying we might draft him number one and now there hasn't been a player Kajana Carter from Penn State in 1995 <laughs> <was Jacksonville.
3: laughs>
1: wow. but I, but, and I think Kajana would have been a great pro but yeah. he tore his ACL in like the first game of the season and then never became the player and Bo Jackson was one and George Rogers and Billy Simmons but really people stayed around and stayed away but his numbers were so amazing and people are saying look that's you got Levy and Bell you got a better Levy and Bell on your team Dave Johnson I mean you got a guy next year I was joking with someone Sakan Barkley might be the first fan Player in fantasy football drafts. Like if he's yeah, on the right team be. in the right situation, he might go number one,
0: yeah. and he's
2: just a rookie. Yeah. Still taking David Johnson. So, Mike, I'll give you a few guys that are a little less known that I think catapulted their their um, uh, stock. So, we'll go to wide receivers. Two guys: okay. DJ Moore out of Maryland, four four two. No one knew about him because he didn't put up a lot of good numbers. Well, he had three quarterbacks uh, that yeah. were learning new systems almost every single year. So, uh, the talent is there. They're comparing him to Stephen Diggs, um, who we all know. Minnesota Miracle over there. Yeah, Yeah. fantastic. DJ Chark ran a four three four forty. I think it was the fastest of the combine. Um, He is a wide receiver out of LSU. Kind of comparable to John Ross, who got uh, um, drafted in the first round last year to the Cincinnati Bengals. We didn't see him play because he uh, obviously got hurt. I think... Nick Chubb, the running back, who was a superstar at Georgia, who towards this year played with a lot of injuries. I mean, his measurables were off the chart. Um, if, if, if if Barkley didn't participate, we'd be talking about Chubb having, you know, the, one of the best combines uh, that was out there. So I think he solidified himself to get back into uh, the late first round conversation. Um, so, so those are guys that, you know, don't get talked about as much. And how can we not talk? about Shaquem Griffin, the story of the draft, if this guy, and it's sad because if you watch him play, people are like, hey, were you surprised by his 40? If you watch him play, absolutely not. I know by the size and the weight, but I mean, this guy flies to the ball. And if you want a guy on your team, that's a pro that tries, wants it more than everybody else. I mean, how can you not fall in love with this kid? You know, one hand, puts up 20 on the bench press, runs off, you know, what do he run off, a uh, uh, 4 3 eight or something? Mm. I mean, I- incredible. He's running a sub-4-4. Four, four. He's a linebacker. Um, and he plays best that best way. Time when, since when, 2003. Yeah, when, when you yeah. put him on tape and you watch him play, you're like, who's number 18? And, and, and it's and it's this kid. So, um, How about the fact that UCF's going to put a couple of players into the NFL? Oh my
0: God, yeah. Uh, like some good players. Pumping you, them out. Yeah, UCF, them out. they've been doing very well in recent years. Mm-hmm. They're going to put five or six quality yeah, players quality into players. the NFL in, in this draft. Ira, before we wrap this up, I'd love a bold prediction for you. I've had a bold prediction from me that you'll be in studio next week? Be great. <laughs> what, what's your bold prediction for the weekend?
1: Um, well, I, I definitely will be in the studio. I'll, I'll definitely be in the studio. Um, I think, let me see what i going to do. Okay, how about, we'll be, but next Sunday, they're going to have the, we'll, before we do time, we do the next show, they're going to have the selection Sunday. So how about the top four seeds, Virginia, Nova, Kansas, Duke? I think Duke's going to get in there. I, I think Duke wins the tournament and he gets in as number one Shocker. seed. I know people have Xavier and some other things, but I really like Duke as being uh, a number one seed, and I think those are, I think, I think Kansas, will, I, think, I think it's Virginia, Nova, Kansas, Duke. Even though I don't, Put so much weight in the number one seeds because, uh, but especially this year, but those will be the four. And about Shaquem Chacon- Chacon- Griffin, um, what's amazing about him? I mean, I think people don't realize is you know he does not have uh, his hand below his elbow, yeah. and when you look at him, it's not some. I mean, he is an inspiration to anybody because he's not just someone who's playing. He is one of the he's the greatest players out there in the combine. Yeah. He had the fastest forty yard dash of a linebacker in in uh, twenty years. years yeah. In twenty years, he had the fastest forty yard dash. Um, his he benched best twenty times, uh, two hundred twenty five pounds with, uh, really with his on. I mean, absolutely amazing, high quality kids, high character kids a guy like that you want to draft early I mean that's what that's what's going to win you Super Bowl so I mean yeah. just an amazing combine and just an inspiration uh, to anybody watching how he plays and to think that they weren't even inviting him to, he only got a late invite to the combine they really weren't going to mm-hmm. have him there
2: so yeah. pretty amazing Sean bowl prediction for the weekend Well, I'm going to stay the course you know we kind of said it um, that Oklahoma makes a tournament I'm going to say they win the Big 12 tournament and, and punch Ooh, their ticket that just way just
0: automatic how about that Ira, where are you headed this week? Um, I Probably ACC Tournament in New
1: York. At Barclays, it's awesome <laughs> to go to these tournaments. And you get to see a lot of games. I mean, if you're in anywhere where you can see tournaments, it's fun because they have, like, four games for the price. You get four, two games for the price of one ticket. And uh, I, they play in the Barclays Center this year, and then they're back south. Uh, the ACC Tournament is. I mean, it's neat how everybody wants to be in New York now and in Vegas because you had the Big Ten Tournament a week earlier, which I think was phenomenal. They got the whole week to themselves where everybody was talking about the Big Ten, and they were they were in New York now. The Big East is this week in Madison Square Garden. And the ACC tournament is going to be at
0: Barclays Center in Brooklyn. So it will be very exciting. Ira, well, I am excited that you'll be back here next week regardless. But have fun at that. Hey, we are just about out of time. I want to thank Mike Bauer, the general manager of Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. for stopping by. Mike Isolino from Robert Morris. He pops in almost every week. Sean McGregor, thanks as well. This is Ira on Sports. Ira, thank you so much. 95.9, the true oldies channel.